The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus prayed, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you've given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the son of destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Thy word is truth. Because you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, throughout uh, Eastertide, which, uh, of which the, this is the last week, uh, we have had as our second reading the f- uh, uh, selections from the first letter of John. First uh, John uh, along with, of course, second and third, and then the Gospel of John uh, comprises what the scholars call the Johannine literature. Um, and I, in, in other sermons during Easter tide, I've wanted to talk about other things, but I don't want us to miss this chance to take a look at what John is telling us here. You know, there's something, there's something bracing about John's writing. You, know, you notice, and each of the biblical authors has has their own style, their own uh, way of doing things, certain uh, things they emphasize that others don't. One of the things that we get with John is just this very clear, bright dividing of things into one or the other. You look at the very beginning of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So there's all the things that have been made, and he made them. And then there's all the things that he didn't make, which is nothing. In him was life. That life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness, the darkness doesn't get it. Came a man sent from God named John. He, he gave us a, te- a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men 
might believe. He wasn't the light himself, but he came as a witness to that light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So here we have both light and word being used to refer to Jesus. And we also have this idea of testifying, bearing witness. So in the beginning of John's, gospel, uh, John's first letter, what does he say? That which was from the beginning, sounds familiar, right? That which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've touched at and our hands, but which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Who's that? Remember, the, yeah, right. If you're not sure, the answer in church is usually Jesus. That life appeared, and we saw it. And now we're testifying to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. And we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard in order that you may have fellowship with us. And that fellowship, that's not just with us. That fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. As Jesus said, Holy Father, protect them by the power of Your name. That's the same name You gave me so that we may be one as You are one. We're being invited here into fellowship with the most holy trinity. Invited, incidentally, into relationships with others in the body of Christ that have the same kind of integrity. And we're writing this, John says, in order to make our joy complete. So when, in chapter 5, when he starts to to wrap up in, in the passage we looked at today, we find again this testimony. He says, and this was from, from last week's uh, reading. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He didn't come by water only. He came by water and blood. And it's the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Now, we accept man's testimony, right? If you serve on a jury and somebody testifies, you're, if they seem trustworthy, you're inclined to, to accept that. He says, but... God's testimony is greater. You get echoes of this back in the the disputes that that, uh, Jesus is having with the Pharisees. Also, the way John relates them, he's clear. He he doesn't need anybody to attest to him. He he has the power to attest to himself because God's own testimony is, of course, greater. It's the testimony of God which He has given us about His Son. And anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who believes in the Son has this testimony in his heart. This true word spoken by the one true God about the one who is life, the one who is light, the one who is that very word. When we believe in him, we have that in our own hearts. Now, anybody who doesn't believe God is calling God a liar. Because if you don't believe the testimony God is giving, if you, 
you're not going to believe the testimony God is giving, the witness God is bearing about His Son. What is that testimony? Here's what that testimony is. God has given us eternal life. That life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son does not have life. Again, we get this sharp distinction. You have the Son, you have life. You don't, you don't. There's one more place here in John's letter where we get this testimony language. Back in chapter 4, he says, uh, I'll start at verse 7, My dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. I love the way He does that, by the way. Did you ever, you ever notice sometimes people will take that little phrase, God is love, and then use that to justify just about all kinds of nonsense, right? I, I mean, it, it's funny, too, because people who normally don't, you know, go around thumping their Bibles, all of a sudden they become wooden biblical literalists. They go, God is love. That's what it says it right there. It's in the Bible. No, right after that, John says, now here's what I mean by that. I, I, what I don't mean is that you're going to baptize everything that you like, and you're going to call it love, and then you're going to say that's God. No, Here's what God is. Here's what love is, right? Foreigner, I want to know what love is. I want you to show. Okay, John says, I'm, I'm about to tell you. This is, this is it. Here's how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world in order that we might live through him. He who has the son has life. He who doesn't have the Son doesn't. No, He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not, not us loving God. No. God loving us. That's what love is. God loved us. Sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. My dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Nobody's ever seen God in that way, but if we love one another, then God lives in us. His love is made complete in us, and we know that we live in Him, and He lives in us because He has given us of His Spirit. Just as we prayed in our collect this morning, do not leave us comfortless, but send us Thy Holy Spirit. And has He done that? And we have seen and we testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world there's that language we got at the beginning of the of the letter about testifying based on what was seen that's at the very beginning john says that hear this again that which was from the beginning what which we've heard which we've seen with our eyes we looked at it our hands have touched we're proclaiming this to you concerning the word of life. Preachers love 1 John 
in part because the Greek is so much simpler than it is in so many other books of the New Testament. But, but when you start trying to work with it, you, you immediately, in this very first verse, you basically have two words for seeing or looking at. And, and you have to figure out how you're, I mean, John basically says the same thing twice. We saw it with our own eyes and, and we looked at it. Well, he wants to, he's making it clear. No, I, I am giving you eyewitness testimony that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God. God lives in Him, and He lives in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. And so as John wrote in our passage this morning, I'm writing all of this to you in order that you may know in order that you may know that you have eternal life. Indeed, this is the confidence. You could translate that word chutzpah that we have in approaching God. Really, you, you, you can have the boldness to approach the throne, to walk right into the CEO's office. When we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I've written these things, John says, so that you may know but if you're like me, you're saying, hang on a second. I understand you're writing these things so that I may know. But that's actually making me feel even worse. Because I don't always feel like I know. Man, I, I know people who just seem to go around and they have this trust in God. And I just, I, I always feel like, I'm beset by, by doubts. I'm always wondering. I, these, these questions still bother me. John has an answer for that too. He says, back in chapter 3, what if, what if you don't feel like you're sure? Well, he says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth. This is how we set our hearts at rest in God's presence whenever they condemn us. Here's how. Remember, God's greater than your hearts. And He knows everything. Literally, this is what, he, what, what John wrote. God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. So what we do is we put our confidence not in ourselves, which is a lousy place to put it. We put it in God. His witness is superior. His knowledge is superior. He knows better than our feelings, better than our doubts, better than our concerns. He and He alone is a place where we can put our full trust and our full confidence. And as we do, we can experience the comfort that the Spirit provides us because God does not lead us, leave us comfortless. Doesn't mean we don't have doubt. Doesn't mean we don't have questions. Doesn't mean we don't wonder. But it does mean that even when we don't feel like we can, we can at least know that we can trust that God loves us and that we have been promised eternal life through His Son. Amen.